Respect the Long Thrive would like to acknowledge the Wadarung people of the Kulin Nation on whose country our Geelong campus is located where we are recording today. We pay our respects to traditional elders, past, present and emerging, and thank First Nations people for their care and custodianship of the land. Hi, and welcome to the Respect the Long Thrive podcast. My name's Belinda Minnie, and I'm the coordinator of Disability Inclusion at Deakin University. Today, I'm speaking to Deakin students, Maddie and Tilly, and the topic we're discussing is ableism. Our aim today is to inform and educate listeners to understand what ableism is and how we can all play our part in identifying ableism and calling it out. Welcome, Maddie and Tilly. To begin, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're studying at Deakin? We'll begin with you, Tilly. Hello, my name's Tilly. Um, I am currently taking a bit of time off uni. I've just intermitted my course again, but I started uh, an arts degree, switched majors to literature and gender studies, and now I'm going to switch back to my original major, which was uh, psychology and gender studies. So that's what I do. Great. Thanks, Tilly. And Maddie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Maddie. I'm a 20-year-old student currently studying social work at Deakin. I, like Tilly, started off uh, doing a Bachelor of Arts majoring in psychology, but yeah, just along the way found that it wasn't the right fit for me. Um, So I've transferred into social work this year and yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it and I'm really excited to be here today. Great, thank you. Um, So as I mentioned, um, we're going to discuss the topic of ableism. And I think an important place to start in this conversation is providing our listeners with some context on ableism. Could you tell me in your own words what the term ableism means? So I myself uh, have a physical disability called cerebral palsy. And I was introduced to the term ableism a few years ago. And essentially, for me at least, It just pertains to um, the discrimination against disabled people and just kind of, yeah, basically relates to any and all barriers, external and also internal, that, yeah, work against the disabled community and leave members feeling just any sort of negative emotions or as though, yeah, there's obstacles to, to helping them grow and thrive. Well said, Maddie. Like, I can't really add much to that, but I have ADHD and borderline personality disorder and all of the fun comorbidities that come with that. So a bit of anxiety, a bit of depression, all that jazz. And I would echo what Maddie said and just kind of um, define it as just uh, overall misunderstanding, ignorance, discrimination, prejudice of... um, people that fit out don't fit within the the able body or the normal kind of square that we've built in society you know whether that's with their emotions mentally or a physical disability it's a lack of inclusion and lack of understanding and I find a lot of it is just not listening a lot of the time to be honest it's what I found at least Great. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. So ableism is a form of discrimination, as as you both mentioned, or a social prejudice towards people with disability. It's really the false idea that people with a disability are by default inferior, when the truth is that disability is just another way uh, for a mind or a body to be. It's important to note that sometimes ableism is not intentional, mainly due to lack of awareness or consideration or understanding, but it doesn't mean that it's not harmful. So 
On the topic of ableism, are there different types of ableism? You both mentioned a, a few different types, but wondering if you could elaborate further on that. The two main types that I'm very aware of are this idea of external and internal. So essentially external relates to kind of the wider world outside of yourself and the other people around you, you know, and behaviours or actions that they display that are ableist or, you know, discriminatory prejudice against disabled people. Whereas internalised ableism um, relates to um, a disabled individual themselves and their own views of themselves and disability in a wider context, just because there are some barriers and obstacles for the disabled community out in the wider world, it can, you know, inform individuals' opinions of themselves and their disability and, yeah, just lead to some judgment that they have on themselves um, and the way that they view themselves in the world. Um, And, yeah, that's kind of this concept of internalised ableism that many of the disabled community have, unfortunately. Yeah, to add on to that, I only recently was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, I'm 28 years old, didn't mention that before. And it's become very clear to me now um, how much internalised ableism I was kind of carrying around with me. I, my entire life, have kind of been made to feel like in a lot of ways, I can't blame everyone else, but <laughs> there's a lot of, um, you know, external factors that have contributed to this feeling of uh, me being lazy, dumb, slow. And a lot of that is surrounding um, like institutions, like the education system and even social kind of things. Like it's working all of those kind of unavoidable parts of life um, have always been that much more difficult for me than the average person and I've just kind of worn that as a a defect within me Um, and people still interpret it as that even knowing now that there is you know a reason like I actually am physiologically a bit different like my executive functioning is not as um it's different yeah (laughs) you know it's not it's not the same as everyone else kind of thing even still uh people question my abilities and doubt me and I doubt myself still too but I've got that kind of community now that understand me And there is a lot more advocacy and understanding with ADHD and a lot of disability out there, which is really cool. So not complaining, but it's been, it's been hard. Ableism's everywhere really, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. We've still got such a way to go. And as, as you both touched on, there are um, internal and external factors to ableism. You know, there's institutional ableism whereby, you know, structures in society can be inflexible and don't allow for people with a disability, you know, for example, um, just to use a really broad example, um, a bus stop without wheelchair access doesn't allow for people to access, for all people to access public transport. And this happens when things like buildings, spaces, places, events, for example, are designed without the consideration of the needs of all people, and particularly people with disability as well. It can often be an afterthought or not a thought at all. So that's definitely something that is impacting people in negative ways and um, that we need to raise awareness for. Um, As you mentioned, yeah, ableism can be interpersonal uh, or, sorry, internal. So often people with disabilities themselves might begin to believe 
in ableism and believe that they are inferior to people without a disability. Um, so that's definitely something we need to to look at as a society and raise awareness for so that we can um, kind of help combat ableism. Can I add something quickly? Absolutely. Linda? Thanks. I know for me personally, having a uh, physical disability, a lot of the kind of typical pastimes that a lot of my friends engage in um, that are typically sport-related, I, yeah, don't feel comfortable participating in at all given my physical limitations um, but also my desire to, you know, really look after my body and avoid injury to kind of maintain the mobility and function that I have and, you know, work on strengthening what I have um, without kind of risking that. And I... I think I've received some kind of ableist comments um, from people in my life about, you know, my preference for yoga over, you know, other team sports or, uh, you know, a really hardcore gym workout. And I know that I've also experienced some internalised ableism at um, kind of being embarrassed about, you know, my preferred activities and my preferred way to move my body and kind of feeling like, yeah, they're just lesser than what my friends are doing. You know, I have a lot of friends that play football and netball. I see, you know, how like they just really enjoy it and all the connections that they make and the teamwork that, you know, that they build and the camaraderie. And, yeah, I haven't had that. You know, I prefer to go on walks by myself or, you know, do a yoga class. And, yeah, there's still days where I, you know, even though I love yoga and walking, I, yeah, do get these feelings that, you know, they're not kind of good enough and I should be pushing myself more. And I just think that that's one of the many ways which ableism, you know, has affected me both from, from an external and an internal perspective. Maddie, I can definitely relate to some of that guilt that you're kind of referring to in, in some ways, at least. I have people make what I consider to be ableist comments a lot in regard to my mental illness, I think, um, whether that's like, you know, it's a mindset, like you are in control, like you can make the choice. Yeah, I've been on medication for my mental illness since I was... 13 and there's been a lot of judgment surrounding that I think people thinking like you should be able to fix it yourself and a weakness is kind of perceived with that and with mental illness in general I think those assumptions that we make about people when they're dealing with uh, you know mental disability and mental illness or ADHD are really toxic internally obviously and then externally because we all believe it it becomes the norm and um, then there's people like Maddie and I who are having to have these conversations and um, it's a little bit exhausting, not going to lie, like to, to feel like we have to explain ourselves and go back to square one, as I'm sure Maddie, you can definitely relate to when I feel like if there was people were more actively aware and actively seeking information, we would be in a much like safer and more, you know, conscious and overall better society, in my opinion. A girl can dream, but yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a tangent there, but I hope that makes sense. No, I completely agree, Till. Um, just to quickly add on to that, I know that a lot of, as I said before, I'm 20, and a lot of people kind of in my cohorts around the same age 
actually don't know what ableism is. I've had numerous conversations with people where they think that ableism, like they mistake it for the word enabling and they think that ableism is like just generally, you know, in a general sense, enabling. I'm like, no, it's like literally discrimination against disabled people. It has like, you know, nothing to do with the wider population. It's This one's just for us, please. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, it just to echo what Tilly said, like it'd be, I really implore everyone to kind of, you know, do some research and educate themselves in, um, a little bit because like Tilly said, having these conversations um, are really exhausting and just, you know, living a life where, you know, you have to face what I would refer to as ableist behaviours and comments on a daily basis. It gets really tiring and also quite upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that on a spiritual level. (laughs) Like, I feel like I'm constantly underestimated and undermined and people doubt me and I like feel like I have to explain myself um, a lot of the time I have to kind of justify why um, I struggle with this or that and I don't think I should have to I wish there was just more awareness surrounding you know these these are relatively common predicaments that we face in a lot of ways like especially with mental illness like we all struggle with that in you know one way or another Um, so I don't I get very uncomfortable and upset when I feel like I am just completely misunderstood and that people are judging me for that. But that's probably very much uh, something I've been conditioned to be self-conscious about from a very young age. So it's not everyone else's fault necessarily, but I'm always on kind of alert for those warped perceptions of my kind of experience or what I go through kind of thing. Yeah, really good points by both of you there. And it sounds like, you know, it's not a term that's um, well known by a lot of people. So I guess this podcast is going to be really useful in raising people's awareness of ableism, um, what it is. Um, And that kind of is a good segue into the next question, which was, do you think it's possible for people to project ableism without knowing? I think that it is absolutely um, 100% possible for people to project ableism and be completely unaware I've had you know literal conversations with friends where I say to them you can't say that that is ableist and they have no idea what I'm talking about I would argue that that's kind of on them for not you know being more aware and not kind of you know educating themselves and being you know worldly enough to to understand because I I think that you know we we're fully aware that you can be discriminatory against any and all minority groups and I just I'm really baffled as to why some people can really pride themselves on not being discriminatory in one sense but leave ableism and disability kind of off the table I don't know I just I feel like in a lot of the conversations I've had most people are very aware of kind of the forms of discrimination or, you know, the, the minority groups that you can be discriminatory against. But I do feel like disability and ableism are repeatedly left off that list. And, you know, yes, I fully acknowledge that these people are, you know, doing these behaviours, saying these comments without knowing. But at the same time, 
I think that it is up to individuals to educate themselves. Like, I'm a Anglo-Saxon individual, you know, like, Welsh-Irish heritage, so very white, you know, so I've had to, like, take it upon myself to educate myself about racism and everything like that. And I still have a very long way to go, I will um, admit, but I just don't understand why able-bodied people have have not taken it upon themselves to educate themselves about disability. I think that a lot of people just kind of fall short in that area. Um, And I just, I feel like, you know, in this day and age, that really baffles me because I think that there is this real push to be a inclusive and like diverse conscious society and yeah I would just have thought that that would kind of encourage people to take it upon themselves to do their research and and realize how they can be an ally to any and all. Yeah Maddie I would completely agree with what you're saying about uh, like with the intersections of like privilege and discrimination and whatnot I would say ableism is very much behind and needs to catch up to the things like sexism racism which obviously still have a long way to go as well but like you said your friends didn't even know what ableism was and when I was telling people about this podcast that I'm doing um, and I said you know it's about ableism I think some of them were like why does that apply to you first of all because they kind of assume that that is to do with like uh, like physical which it obviously is that's a huge part of it but they would they were like why why are you getting involved in that Tilly and then also, the other half looked at me blankly, like, oh, <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? And that's, to be honest, like, I know it's not coming from a place of, you know, like ill intent or anything, but it's also like not good enough because we are ignoring and dismissing and mistreating a, you know, a large and important portion of our community and society. It, it does, like, I'm on the fence with it. I'm like, I'm mad, but I'm also like, you know, these people aren't doing it on purpose necessarily. Like some people are, some people are actively discriminatory and that's not okay. But um, yeah, I just want people to do a little bit better with it <laughs> and, you know, seek out that kind of information or ask questions, you know. I think we should do that about everything. We should always be asking questions and trying to learn and help each other be better for each other, you know, as lame as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, and I guess by not calling it out or not recognizing ableism it really just normalizes it and it doesn't get us any further so I think definitely where possible you know it needs to be flagged it needs to be people need to be made aware so that they can you know when it's unintentional they can correct their behavior and acknowledge it and learn from that and that kind of brings us on to our next question as well Um, one of the ways people can overcome their biases is to begin educating themselves and, and, you know, becoming more aware. Do you have any examples of what people could do to become more aware of ableism and learn to become more inclusive of people with disabilities? Now, I know at Deakin we have disability awareness training for um, staff and and we run disability awareness training for um, groups of students. And quite recently, Maddie, we we ran some training for the um, Deakin residential leaders Um, to help them be more disability aware in their role as leaders at DRS. Um, So that's one of the ways that Deakin, I guess, is creating that awareness. But from your perspective, Maddie and Tilly, are there other ways that people can become more aware and learn to be more inclusive of people with disabilities? 
I personally think that the best way is to engage in content uh, created by uh, disabled creators. I know Carly Finlay, they are a disability, disability advocate with facial difference and they do amazing advocacy work on their social media platforms. There is this American, is she American or is she Canadian? I get confused sometimes. <laughs> um, she um, yeah, does amazing work on her platform. Um, she goes by Wheelchair Rapunzel and yeah, she just talks about like accessibility needs for people in wheelchairs. I also, I read Chloe Hayden's book, Different Not Less, recently, and that was amazing. That talks about um, neurodivergency and just the trials and tribulations of that. And as someone who is not neurodivergent, I really enjoyed that book and I found it very informative. And there are so many other creators out there. I think that they're very easy to to find you know and there's you know platforms out there that are just dedicated to disability in general as well you know out on Instagram and everything like that and I think that that's the the best way is to listen to those with lived experience so if you're listening to this podcast then um well done you um you know you've made the right step listening to Chili and I who have lived experience because I think you know you can, you can like read articles, you know, written by institutions and foundations and everything like that. And yes, they're a good starter, but, you know, unless they're written by someone who is disabled or, you know, collaborated with the disabled community, you're not going to get a full picture of what it's like. And I think that, you, you know, your first point of call does need to be a lived experience and engaging with the disabled community to fully grasp and understand how society in general and how behaviours and comments and actions can affect us and influence, you know, our opinions on disability and ourselves. You know, I think we've definitely agreed today that a lot of people are just unaware. And if, you know, if you're not part of the disabled community, I would say that it's understandable that you're unaware. Um, You know, so the best thing to do would be to ask and engage with you know the people in your life or you know content creators who are disabled so you can increase that awareness and understanding and yeah just get that bit of perspective yeah that's I honestly don't know what I can add to that because that's all amazing beautifully put Maddie and I just wanted to say that you're such an amazing advocate and you're so articulate and amazing and with how you express all this and you're super important so thanks for all you do you've taught me a lot that's for sure um, that's very kind of you Tilly thank you so much that's okay um but yeah I would just remind people that we've got a very extensive rich sort of uh resource in the internet it's all there you know I personally don't use social media so I can't think of um any social media personalities off the top of my head I know Maddie mentioned some but I completely agree with Maddie as well when you were saying that lived experiences and starting you know with the people around you and I think listening um, listening to them and challenging yourself and your perceptions I think is just like a great starting point recognizing your privilege is also an important part of that and 
I think it's also once you get more of an understanding about that, another part that people need to play that shouldn't just be on, you know, the disabled community is calling things out and, you know, challenging their friends and making sure that you're kind of spreading the knowledge and whatnot, because there's only so much we can do on a podcast kind of thing. Like if people aren't, um, you know, actively uh, challenging those, you know, prejudices and questioning themselves and questioning each other, then we're not going to get very far, are we? I know, Till, you've also spoken on um, some other podcasts before. Were those podcasts mental health slash disability focused or were they more broad than that? Like, do you have any, you know, suggestions of, like, other podcasts people could listen to after they listen to this one? Well, the podcast I was on is called Feeling Weird. It's done by a Canadian guy who also uh, struggles or suffers, I don't know what you'd call it, he has BPD and he interviews all sorts of people with all kinds of um, mental health issues and disabilities, physical and uh, mental. So that's a really great podcast. I don't know if it's still going on. Um, Funnily enough, I would say largely to do with my ADHD, I really struggle to listen to podcasts. I cannot maintain uh, concentration. I find myself just drifting off so I can't think of any other podcasts but they're all out there actually in saying that a good friend of mine who I've known since primary school she has recently really shifted the way that she acts around me and her understanding has become very it's it's become compassionate and uh, she's more aware because she listened to a podcast which I wish I could remember it's an ADHD podcast and the stuff that she used to find really frustrating about me like how like the time blindness and how I'm never like I can never manage my time and that how that affects her and my uh, ability like my lack of memory and all sort of stuff like um, she was able to kind of get some insight into that and I thought it was really cool that she took it upon herself after hearing that I was diagnosed to uh, gain that information and understand me more and ever since then she's been so great with making sure that like my boundaries are understood and that you know she gives me plenty of time to kind of decide on any given day like when and what we're going to do and little things like that just make such a difference and remind me that you know it's really not that difficult for us to make our friends and our family and the people around us just like a little bit more comfortable and accepted like that's really not too much to ask is it like (laughs) We all deserve that, you know. Absolutely. Um, so I've just got one last question to finish off um, the podcast today, and it's basically around practical tips for people in responding to ableism when they see or hear it. Hear it. So obviously we don't want people to be a bystander in these situations. You need to call it out and question it, and this is going to help of, uh, avoiding normalising ableism. And it's good for people to know that if you're being called out for ableism, intentional or not, it's an opportunity to listen, as we've spoken about, and reflect on your behaviour and adjust. So do you have any tips for people in responding to ableism, whether they're receiving it or, or whether they're you know, seeing it or hearing it? What's your advice? I would probably say when it comes to, this is something I've struggled with because I am especially when you're experiencing it, it's hard not to get, you know, quite passionate and upset when people kind of display blatant 
ableism or you know more subtle whatever it might be I've started to really kind of just take a deep breath and ask questions and challenge their views and ask so why what makes you think that or have you ever considered this uh, coming from an angle that isn't uh, intense and attacking I think people get very sensitive to that and people don't like being told they're wrong so as much as you know you shouldn't have to like coddle someone I think there's ways that you can go about approaching the topic that become more of a lesson and more learning and like a conversation essentially. Um, I just wanted to start off by fully acknowledging that standing up to people is really really difficult and there are countless times where people have said inappropriate things in front of me And I have just sat there and not said anything because I am sometimes just so shocked about what they said um, because I didn't expect it or I'm just so hurt or scared to say anything. I think especially to friends and family, it's really hard to stand up to, um, to them when they say inappropriate things because you don't want to... I guess lose them, hurt them, whatever it is. And yeah, I had a I had a conversation about standing up to people um, with my really good friend Mitch the other day, and he yeah gave some really good advice. Um, I think so. I'll share it with you all now. He suggested, especially if it's like in a casual setting and you're just with mates, to if appropriate, kind of like Tilly was saying, not get incredibly like enraged or anything like that but kind of just take a more casual approach and just kind of say like mate come on like that's you know we don't do that here that wasn't very not that wasn't a great comment to make um yeah just like have a have a think about it a bit later but I'm sure you'll be able to work out that 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 probably wasn't a good thing to say and then you know swiftly move on to a new topic and kind of um you know just let that in, like you know, let that individual know that what they said was wrong. Tell them that they, that they need, to, need to sit with it, and then kind of move on. You know, you're not kind of coming across as like you're attacking this person or whatever. I will though say that sometimes you know people do say incredibly inappropriate things, and that kind of casual approach uh, might not work. You you know might may need to you know <laughs> say right then and there that was completely inappropriate. You need to take a really good hard look at yourself. Um, and that's okay too. And another tip is, especially um, if you're a disabled person, you know, a lot of um, these comments and behaviours can be really, really hurtful. So I really implore you to have um, a support system by your side that you can turn to when these things happen. And also, yeah, please don't beat yourself up if you you don't call everyone out all the time because, it, it you know, it is really exhausting and sometimes it can be quite scary yeah when you can and are able to I strongly you know recommend that you do because that's how we're all going to learn and you know if you are able-bodied and you know you've educated yourself you know that's also on you to then call out all your mates and everyone that have not you know taken the time to educate themselves because while it is so important that we listen to the disabled community and champion their voices we it can't be on us to do all of the work. We need some help from our allies out there to also 
take a stand and help us out and call people out. And, yeah, just one, like, final thing to leave on. I think ultimately at the end of the day, if you have uh, people around you that are not coinciding with your values and your attitudes and, you know, they are saying inappropriate things and you are kind of scared to call them out because you are scared to lose them or hurt their feelings, I think you really need to ask yourself, you know, do I really actually want this person in my life? If, you know, if they're not adding to my values and they're saying things that I believe are incredibly inappropriate and hurtful, is it better to maybe put some distance or is it better to say something and risk having that distance if they get upset with me calling them out? Um, Because I think, yeah, we all deserve to be surrounded by people who, who love us and who have similar values and similar attitudes. Um yeah thank you Maddie and thank you Tilly for your time today and for your insights and for sharing your experience Um, I think this is a really valuable podcast for people to listen to to be able to educate themselves hear from people with lived experience and learn about ways to kind of call out ableism and and help make you know the world (laughs) a better place for a more inclusive place for people with disabilities Um, one step at a time. So really appreciate your input today. And I think our listeners will get a lot out of this episode. Any final remarks before we finish? Thanks so much for having us here, Belinda. Um, I've had a really good time. I think we had a really good conversation. And thank you so much, Tilly. Um, I think that you've just got so many pearls of wisdom. Um, So I'm really, really excited that we could have this conversation today and that our listeners could hear just all your amazing insights so thanks so much ditto maddie thank you and thank you belinda what a treat thank you for making space for this really important issue and topic really appreciate it thank you both once again thank you to tilly and maddie for joining us i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and if you would like to hear from some other colleagues students and community partners you can browse our previous recordings of the respect belong thrive podcast If you found any of the content of this podcast distressing, please do seek support through Safer Community Services on 9244 3734, Monday to Friday, 9 to 4, or 1800RESPECT on 1800 737 732, which is a 24-7 service. Or if you're a staff member, you can contact the Employee Wellbeing Service on 1300 687 327 during business hours. This episode of Respect the Long Thrive is sponsored by the Community Bank at Deakin University, a partnership between Bendigo Bank, Adelaide Bank and Deakin, which provides grants for community projects, events and initiatives. To find out more, click the link in our show notes.